0: Welcome to Veza Talks Podcast. Tune in as we delve into the digital world of entrepreneurship and uncover the strategies and tactics of successful online business leaders. My name is Mario Milanovic, and with me today is co host Stefan Katanic. He's the CEO and founder of Veza Digital. It's a great pleasure today to uh, introduce Alina Vandenberg. Alina is a woman entrepreneur and co founder of Co and co CEO of Chili Piper, uh, boosting buyer engagement for cool companies like Spotify, Airbnb, Snapchat, Shopify, and thousand others. Alina started her own company before high school to pay for her own education. She sold lipstick, as well as her tech skills, then decided to do a master in computer science because makeup was a low-margin business. She went on to create first mobile products with millions of users for Thomson Reuters, Bloomberg, Pearson, some of them went to be keynoted on stage by Steve Jobs. Welcome, Alina. Good to be here. Wonderful. So Alina, before we get into uh, your company, Chili Piper, and some of the interesting uh, things that we want to ask you about, uh, tell us a little bit more about Alina and how you got to be, uh, you know, it sounds like, like an interesting story, how, how you switched from uh, maybe an employee to to a self-sufficient businesswoman. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear about that. It's a, powerful,
1: uh, it's a good time to live in these days uh, as a born entrepreneur because there's just so many ways to uh, make a living as, um, as tools are enabling us to automate so many things and so many parts of our businesses with ChatGPT. Um, So i see a future in which uh, a lot of people will go on and create uh, more and more companies than than it used to um, before however it's a very um, particular road for a very particular persona i am observing that um, those that have um, most ab those that have the ability to think that um, they might bounce back if they're at the bottom, are the ones that can can make it through uh, outside of uh, the umbrella of of, of a company. I enjoyed my corporate um, um, experience. I've grown a lot. I've learned a lot. I've went through very different industries. I went through finance and healthcare and education and media and the ability to build products that were used by millions independent of the industry gave me the courage to think that uh, i um, will be able to do that on my own as well Um, i also not the not an ideal employee in that i tend to um, want to go very fast and i have very little patience and within a corporate uh, environment it's You have a lot of red tape you have a lot of people to convince if you're not uh, at the top and um i was not very well suited for that kind of environment Um, i would come across as very uh, um, uh, someone who moves very fast but might not involve others in those fast uh, decisions so i was uh, for sure not um, not an ideal employee (laughs)
0: Excellent. That's great. Thank you so much, Alina. Um,
2: Stefan had a question about the name of the company. What
0: is it again, uh, Stefan?
2: I did. I did. I was always curious. How did you and Nicola come up with the name Chili Piper? Was there some sort of like chili eating contest going on or what's the story behind that?
1: It's funny because after we named the company Chili Piper, then we saw there was a Hmm. Silicon Valley series that was called Pied Piper. And we thought it was hilarious that we uh, had the similar uh, similar approach to naming our company. Um, it actually uh, comes from our obsession with uh, revenue teams and pipeline, and it's actually chili Hot Piper Pipeline. So it's a hot pipeline, and um, it, was, it just had a nice ring mm-hmm. to it. Plus, um, there's a, also a nice French champagne, it's called uh, Piper Hightech, that was uh, inspiring uh, us when we when we were thinking about the name. There's a beautiful ad for the champagne, and celebration, uh, and French culture are also part of, uh, part of the company's, uh, values.
0: Awesome. Great. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I watched, I watched, um, quite a few of, uh, your podcasts and, uh, what struck me personally was, uh, you have a very big, uh, focused on, uh, impact. Impact on, on, on people, impact on you personally, impact on the world. And uh, so I, I really like that word. Uh, what does impact mean to you and how do you manage that in your company?
1: I am uh, one with uh, very high uh, ambitions around impact. I hope that one day uh, we will be able to um, impact uh, billions by creating an environment where we all are. Are uh, at peace and there's no war in between uh, cultures or in between tribes. Obviously, there's a that's a very audacious uh, goal achieving peace, um, but it really starts with in inside of us. And I think that we all have some internal fights that we're going through one way or another. And um, once. We manage to identify those initial these interior struggles. Then we can help others around us um, to thrive as well. Um, so we are taking it one step at a time. Um, it's a little bit um, it's a little bit sad because um, in a work environment that's something that's not really uh, something that gets discussed often, but. In order for people to do their best work, there has to be some sort of um, strong correlation between one's passions um, and uh, the things that they, they thrive at and the company mission as well. Um, so we're paying a lot of attention to how can those things align and how can we remove things from people's work that might not be uh, necessarily conductive to joy and conducive to uh achieving one's full uh, potential in terms of skill set as well
0: okay great so i hear you uh, use the word passion uh what is uh, alina passionate about
1: i uh, really 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 uh, thrive and in, in and then really accelerate ex- ex- excited about the workday when i work on very complex uh, problems and build complex uh, software the um, Complexity of the software and the industry that we're in allows me to have that kind of uh, exposure. And building a business is equally um, complex and full of challenges. I am observing that I thrive when things are very at have high stakes, and when things are very complex, that's when I'm most grounded. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but um, well, that's how where I get joy from.
0: Right. Well, it's 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 not silly at all because I think that. Uh... For uh, highly effective leaders, uh, one of the important things is to be uh, uh, figuring things out, and I think the the, the successful ones figure it out uh, whichever way possible, whether it's time or whether it's uh, hiring uh, the right people or whether it's uh, outsourcing, whatever it may be. But you you're figuring it out, so I think it's a it's a really cool thing, and it speaks to being an effective leader, right? Which is very interesting. So. Being an effective leader, um, you know, how do you measure being an effective leader? Is it is it sales? Is it profit? Is it happiness of the employees? Is it your happiness? What does what, what is, what, is uh, what does it mean to be an effective leader for you?
1: I've been uh, pondering on this subject for uh, quite a while. I am. Um, we actually came up with uh, something that we call a Thrive Score for our own team and for our employees, meaning. How, how are we empowering our employees to, uh, to achieve a place where they feel like they're thriving, that they're achieving their full potential. And there are many things that come into equation here. Do they have the right manager? Do they, are they working on the right things that are motivating to them? Um, are they given the right, uh, challenges to be able to grow the right skill sets? What are the skill sets that are necessary for this person to um, achieve their best goals, and uh, do they have the right support to um, to achieve their their uh, that growth even within the skill sets? There are many components that come through at play, and obviously, it's highly dependent also of external factors. Like if you live in a country where there's an earthquake, your probability of thriving is is obviously low, and um, we're focusing on the things that we can provide as a company to help that uh, that growth, but there is an essential step to it, which is we can only do that, we can only help our employees grow if our company is uh, in a financial state that's uh, conducive to um, a place where it can do that. And in SaaS specifically, in in, in tech and in SaaS, the Ways um, in which we are being assessed have changed in the past couple of uh, quarters. Uh, in the past, it would have been all about growth and uh, growth at all costs. Um, and now it's a combination of growth and highly, um, att- high, a lot of attention on efficiency as well. Um, so we have to uh, live within new constraints um, from, from a market assessment. Um, so making all of those things work and making them all possible is requires, as you say, a highly, a highly effective leader that can help. But I okay. don't think that um, this idea that um, the CEO at the top is um, the person that should be uh, the one that can create all of these things happening at all times because... I'm not omnipotent and I don't see everything. So we have this other concept at Chili Piper, which we call um, a decision memo and all the decisions are public and all the decisions are transparent. And we have a concept of a rough consensus around them where everybody's opinions are being included. And we, um, uh, Move forward if there's a rough consensus around it. If not, there's more data to be required that's required to uh, make that decision. So there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of movement to make sure that I'm not the only one that uh, gets to make all the decisions for us to be thriving. It's a it's a company that works towards that.
0: Awesome, great, great answer. I really like it. So I, I I know you're the co-founder and the, uh, the co-CEO at the Chili Piper, but just uh, recently you stepped into a, an active role of a CMO. Is that correct?
1: I'm the acting CMO. Uh, yes, right. as of uh, September uh, September of last year.
0: Okay, that's great. Actually, that sounds no, exciting. October
1: October October.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exciting. So I hope it's exciting. So what made you decide to uh, act, uh, to step into that decision? Is it uh, for you to uh, learn a little bit more about your company, or is it something that uh, that was uh, that you know you came up with, or what, what made you decide? Because I think a lot of people are, are super interested. You know, uh, with CEOs stepping into different, it almost reminds me of Japan, right, where you know at Nissan or Yamaha, uh, every single uh, uh, um, C-level person, every, every you know employee, I believe. Uh, has to train in every single department, and so you know everybody can be, so to speak, replaced in a way, right? So that kind of reminds me of that Japanese model, right? So what, what, <laughs> what, uh, what made you uh, decide to do that?
1: I wasn't aware that in Japan it's a known thing. Uh, I'll uh, look after our call. It's um, it's something that uh, so I've been working in product for almost twenty years, building products and. Uh, I feel that by now I have that part figured out very well and um, I've been uh, at Chili Piper our uh, ICP um, a a big chunk of our ICPs is is, uh, marketing teams and um, I've been spending a lot of time with marketers I've been talking to them we have thousands of marketers in our um, in our product and uh, we've been having conversations over dinners over events I've been at their offices to see how they work. And I felt like I had a good grasp on the industry and, the, and their roles. But it's a lot different when you're really, really, really doing the work and you're in their shoes because um, it's very different when you have, when you're directly responsible for pipeline, you have to hit a certain number and you have to make certain decisions to optimize the activities and the motions that are going to uh, move the company forward. And I didn't feel like I could be the best builder of the product and the best best driver of this company unless I've gone through that exercise. And um, that was one of the main motivators motivators for me. And then there was something else that um, kind of surprised me is that in SaaS, uh, CMOs have a very short tenure. It's almost one to two years. Things are not mm-hmm. happening, and then they either get fired or they part ways because the CEO and them they don't align on on how the strategy should work. And um, I was puzzled by that because I didn't want to make the same um, step and, and bring somebody on board and then have them have a short tenure. I felt like I could get a much better grasp on the persona that I would be looking to hire if I would go through the process myself. And I'm observing, for instance, that I'm because I have a technical background and I come from engineering and I've been doing software development for so long. I have such an engineering mindset to marketing that's so different than what um, uh, traditionally would have been thought of marketing. So I'm very cognizant that this might require me to find the CMO that is aligned with that and that believes all the um, trends that I'm seeing are going to happen, that the future of marketing is not going to look at all the same as it did a year ago. Um, so I'm by going through this exercise, I think I would be a lot better at uh, recruiting the right person for the role
0: that's great I think that's very admirable I I, I really like that I think uh, it's it's really interesting when it comes to uh, you know CMOs or, or marketing people because and I know myself I uh, I'm sure Stefan told you I, I was an, an affiliate marketer and uh, you know we were quite successful uh, eight figure sales per month kind of deal and I know that uh, you would have never been able to hire me because I would I wouldn't work for anybody else. So you have this, this kind of you know, uh, uh, situation where, well, if somebody's really good at marketing, if they're really good at that, then why would they work for somebody for a company? They would just do it themselves, right? So you, you have this kind of double-edged sword, right? And I think it's 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 interesting to 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 have this challenge of of trying to hire somebody that really knows what they're doing, because you know. Why work for a company unless they have obviously, you know, five kids and they need an income coming in, that kind of thing, right? So I, I think this would be very, very, very challenging, you know, and obviously coming from an engineering background, you're data driven, right? It's all about data, which, you know, is, is uh, really, really important. I think that's one of the the, the the best things you can do because, you know, if you don't see a return on your money, well, it's why, why are we in business, right? So yeah, very interesting that, that, that you're doing that. That's uh, su- super amazing. Stefan, do you, have, um, do you have another question for Alina?
2: I don't have a question, but I have a comment. It's just so inspiring to see someone like you, Alina, go from engineering product to being a CEO and building a complex business to managing, you know, the marketing side of it as well. You know, you're like the, you're basically like the tech world's superwoman, right? You can do a little bit of everything, right? Like a Swiss army knife. And I think that's super inspiring, especially for people who want to aspire to be like you. And I know, I know for, for Vaza, for example, we have um, a few females that work on our team and they're young, they're, they just finished university and they're asking, Hey, uh, we hear chili Piper is a client of yours. We're following Alina on LinkedIn, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, that's, you know, we work with Lena. That's what she's doing. Follow her LinkedIn. And, and I think you're inspiring a lot of women that you don't know that you're inspiring yet. Right. But people are aware about you and what you're doing. I think that's super impactful and it's really rare to find someone of your breed that's going out there, putting their best foot forward in, in, in how you've been doing it. So I, I like to know what's what's that one thing driving you to be your best version of yourself. So every morning you look in the mirror and you say, I'm Alina, today I'm the best version. Why are you the best version of yourself? What's, what's that driver that you have behind you?
1: I appreciate your comment, uh, Stefan. Because as a woman, for sure, I saw myself underrepresented in tech and uh, I had very few times when I had any other woman in the room <laughs> uh, or where I saw myself, re- I thought that I might not be made out of the right materials because I didn't have role models and I thought, okay, maybe women are just not made for this kind of positions, they're not made for tech, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we're just wired differently. Um, so I'm I'm um, I'm grateful that um, I can provide a path for for those that might not see themselves represented. The parts inside of me that are driving towards uh, the goals that I have are several, and I don't know if they're for everybody. I think it's just very specific to me. I um, always feel a lot of um, push in between the things that I think could be achieved versus what I'm currently achieving. And there's a big delta at all times. So I get very um, impatient, but at the same time inspired that there's this next level where I need to get to. And I'm only here at all times. Um, So for instance, on LinkedIn, we have quite a lot of followers and we're considered one top brand on on social at Chili Piper. However, in my mind, unless we're like Mr. Beast level in social, in my mind, we're not there yet. I don't know if you're familiar with Mr. Beast on YouTube. He's one of the biggest YouTubers, in my mind, yep. one of the most success- successful in, in social media as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have such <laughs> high yardsticks that I kind of take, ev- and that's what just social, but I have these high yardsticks for everything that I do. And there's a big tension between where I am and where I want to go at all times. So every morning that I wake up, I think, shit, I'm just so far away from that. (laughs) I have so much work to do. (laughs) So I spend uh, my entire awake time trying to uh, see how I can get there. Um, How can I 10x this? How can I 10x this? How can I 10x this? Is this the right thing to do right now? And um, it's not for everybody, this kind of mindset, because it can terrorize me at times, um, because I always feel like I'm behind. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's one of the things that, that helped me, um, get, uh, the driver in, in, uh, in a high uh, speed mode.
2: A high speed I, I mode like driver. I like that.
0: Um, it's really interesting that, that, that uh, your answer, and especially with Mr. Beast, uh, he, I just re-listened to the podcast that he had with uh, Joe Rogan for whatever reason, it just happened and. You know, I mean, the, the, the word that would describe him the best is authenticity, right? I think that he's authentic. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about 100x, mm-hmm. 10x. You mm-hmm. know, he just cares about having just a fun channel. And I think that that that, that shows in his videos and that's why. And he's been doing mm-hmm. it for, for 11 years, 12 years. I mean, you know, he started with nothing. You know, he didn't know what he was doing. It was, you know... That kind of thing which is which is super interesting so the authenticity aspect of it and what you what what you uh what you talked about uh with uh being a woman in, in tech you know i i literally my my, my last interview uh was with julie Barbier leblanc she's in the middle east and she was the top 20 women behind middle eastern tech brands in 2022. so uh you should listen to that interview it's fantastic she's very inspiring especially for women uh tech entrepreneurs because that's what she's in um, so I know that, uh, incentivizing employees is really, really important for you. Um, how do you, how do you do that? You know, what, what, what is your, you know, magic sauce in, in incentivizing? Because we know that, you know, people come to a company, they're all hyped. They're like, oh my God, I'm so happy and uh, you know, and then six months go by, a year go by and you know, it's, uh, yeah, maybe they're making extra money. But, uh, you know, what, what do employees really want, you know, I guess is the question, right? So how, how do you incentivize people at,
1: uh,
2: at your company? I'm taking notes, by the way, this is going to be good.
1: <laughs> I think that, the, I think that there, there's just, uh, there are so many components and everybody's a little bit different. But if I were to distill it to the main ones, Obviously, salary, ma- making sure that you, you're making a good salary is, is an important component. But uh, for many people, salary is not what's, what's driving them. It's a means to uh, for them to acquire their their goals. Um, options in, in the case of a, a tech company are very meaningful to some people, especially those that have experienced it. And in our case, for instance, we made some uh, employees millionaires and some of them have started to their own companies now, and they're part of what we call the Chili Piper Mafia. So the options are also uh, an important component for those that uh, know how to uh, use that as a tool. The the the, the OKRs that they're being uh, driven towards are, are another component in making sure that those are clear, uh, that there's a clear alignment in between um, their job description, their skill sets, and also their um, their interests. But I think um, a much more important component to um, having someone do their best work is to understanding their reasoning behind it and understanding their drivers and why are they doing what, what they're doing. I'm um, very... Uh, cognizant that everybody's why is very uh, different. And to some extent, we all want to be better versions of of ourselves. I think there's even a term for it. It's called self-actualization, where you are Mm -hmm. uh, achieving your your full potential. We're all seeking seeking, uh, that form. So we have uh, employed coaches at Chili Piper. We have coaches that work with our employees to make sure that they have a good understanding of their motivator and their driver. And not only that, that their driver aligns with their work, because if it doesn't, then they get stressed and they're just not in the right place. And we actually don't have retention metrics. So I don't want people to start, stay at Chili Piper if they're in the wrong space we actually help people go outside. So we had somebody, for instance, in the sales team, he was really passionate about racing cars and uh, just uh, being part of that industry. And we've just helped him kind of uh, get there. We had somebody else who uh, wanted to be uh, an engineer and uh, not using the tech stack that we were using. And we uh, had him work on some projects internally that might not have been using that and then helped him find a job outside. So we... um, we we uh we don't focus on retention. We focus on alignment into the why and the work.
0: Amazing. That's where magic happens. Wow, that's great. At one point, it uh, made me uh, think of billions. You know, the show where the the, co- the 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 girl coaches everybody through. It was fantastic, right? I don't. I, I didn't. Out...
1: I don't watch TV, so so I'm. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Yeah, I'm was, completely was, parallel to that. It's
0: a really good show. It's a really good show. So, uh, another question I had is uh, creativity. I know you're very big on creativity. And so, for yourself, how do you manage your personal need for being creative versus uh, investor expectations? That's a good question.
1: I don't know that there is a dissonance between that. I think that uh, creativity can be employed in all places that can have a big return for investors as well because cutting costs creatively is one way to go about it. Um, making sure that uh, processes are efficient is another way to go about it. Um, now on um, on our approach to marketing, for instance, we might do things that people might perceive them as uh, unusual. Um, for instance, um, I don't think that uh, many companies uh, go to uh, India to an ashram to pray to the gods of uh, <laughs> to pray <laughs> to the gods to help us with our contracts. Uh, we actually did that, and it actually helped. Uh, we were, uh, we were <laughs> <laughs> After we have awesome. meditated in the frozen uh, ashrams, uh, we got a text. Uh, from a big, uh, a big brand. Actually, uh, it's uh, it was Facebook at that time. A w- workspace from Facebook, and uh, we said, "See, it works." So <laughs> <laughs> <Is laughs> it's, it's 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 a path to uh, to financial uh, <laughs> success. Um, and we uh, we talked about that and we posted on social media. I personally, there's nothing I don't talk about, and I'm super transparent about all the decisions that I make and the things that I'm going through. Um, those. Things, I don't know precisely how they will work once we will be a part of a public market uh, and we will uh, have to uh, be a lot more regulated in our communication and and, uh, how we uh, approach these kind of things. But uh, I don't think there's uh, any dissonance between creativity and financial uh, success.
0: Well, that's great. I, I I think that speaks to authenticity, right? So I think a lot of companies out there are, you know, not able to be as creative as they want to be because it may come across as too crazy or uh mm. you know the, the rope mm. uh isn't in you know it has to be tight around their neck you know and 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 so the, then you have uh, employees that are not happy so to speak right because investors just need to see a return every quarter kind of thing right so I I love that I mean I think I think uh, Stefan is going to open up a, 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 an office in Tibet here in, in, in next week or two. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's another question uh, that I ask uh, every um, every person on the podcast, and that is: if you were in my shoes and you were to ask a question to yourself that I didn't ask, what would it be?
1: I'm. Uh, I'm going to respond to that, but before I do, I just wanted to make a, an observation on the previous comment that you made because I think it's an interesting one. You said, in general, people don't feel comfortable to being their authentic self at work and bringing like their full package because there are all sorts of sticks that they're being measured by and professionally uh, being professional in a work uh, environment might make the assumption that you can't say certain things or you can't talk about certain things and that you have to talk about it with like polishing the edges around it. And I'm observing that I don't do that. Like post things without checking with anybody uh, on social media and I make like typos and I'm okay with making typos or I would be okay talking about subjects that are highly controversial, like reproduction, um, and, uh, guns and other topics of this, of this nature. I think that the, reason why I feel that I can do that um, and I can serve a model for my employees to just be themselves is because I am not afraid of ridicule. I'm not afraid to just bring the full self to work. I'm not afraid to appear stupid. I'm not afraid to appear in a certain way because I have observed that the more... um, authenticity and the more, um, transparency, the more I learn about how to get better. And that's how I get feedback by making those mistakes. And I just, uh, bring, bring myself fully as I am. And that's how I've learned the most. And I've been trying to make those mistakes in public and, and, uh, and internally as well, so that our employees can have the same confidence.
0: Right. Because it filters true, and that's and that's amazing, fantastic. I mm. I, I love that answer. What what uh, what one or two people in your life made a difference to you? So who who were some of and it? Can be private. It can be uh, you know personal. It can be a book that you read. Uh, so one person or maybe two or three that really made an impact in your life.
1: Most recently, um, I've been. Uh... A lot deeper into uh, this uh, concept of non-violence because of our foundation. And um, also because of my background in Romania, where through communism, I've gone through uh, some revolution and some um, violence of of, of many kinds. And um, because I also want to make sure that people at work feel at peace with their co-workers, with themselves. It's a topic that I'm passionate about. So as a result, the person that most recently in the um, in the recent year had most impact on my growth is a person named Amal. Um, she is heading the foundation on non-violence and they do a lot of work in war zones. Um, they do a lot of work with people that are in conflicts and they go in Palestine and they go in Africa, they go in all these spaces to help people most in need. Um, And I've had the. I was lucky enough to have coaching sessions with her, with my own monsters inside of me, and I've um, have achieved the kind of growth in a very short period of time as a person that I did not think I could do so fast.
0: Amazing! I'm going to have to look her up. I'm not familiar with her, and I, I, I've I've been in that space for, for for many years, you know, probably going back 35 years, but that's fantastic. That sounds really, really amazing. Anybody else that comes to your mind, maybe like a younger uh, Alina? Uh,
1: Younger Alina. The person that had the most impact on the younger Alina is is my husband. (laughs) He he coached me through uh, my um, period working for corporate America to grow really fast and I was an intern and then immediately after director and then senior vice president. Um, and I only did that because he saw he helped me navigate like the political spectrum. He helped me navigate the, the skills that would have been more effective for me to grow. Um, and now I'm lucky to have him as a co-founder and we help each other uh a lot, and I don't think we would have been able to grow the company uh, in this stage without that kind of strong partnership that we have in identifying our strengths and our weaknesses at all times to make sure that we uh, right. get better.
0: That's a great. I mean, I think many people would die to have that type of relationship. That's that's really admirable. Mm. I love that. That's great. Okay. Great. Well, you know, I think that was a really good uh, chat. Thank you so much for your time, Alina. Um, And uh, yeah, unless uh, Stefan has another question, I think we're pretty much wrapped.
2: That was all. Excellente. Thank you, Alina. It was definitely a pleasure having you as a guest on the VESA Talks podcast.